What's up, everybody? Welcome to the newest edition of the Tap Outs and Touchdowns podcast presented by Anchor. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making me part of your day. Presented by Anchor Podcasts. Make sure you follow me on social media on Twitter at Tapouts and TDs, on Facebook at Tapouts and Touchdowns. And if you've got any questions or you want to hear me answer some of your your opinions or some of your questions on the show, the email is tapoutsandtouchdowns at gmail.com. A lot of really good, good, entertaining stuff to get to you today. Uh, some more patience or panic for fantasy football for the next uh, few coming weeks. Uh, another edition of Bullies, Buys, and Sells. And I hope you've been paying attention and, and heeding my advice because I've been on fire with my, my starts and sits segment that I like to call Bullies, Buys, and Sells. So we'll have some more of that for you this week. As well as another edition of Frick's Picks to close out the show in the main event. Uh, some, some movement amongst the Bullies Buddies leaderboard. So make sure you stay tuned for the main event and find out who is now sitting atop the leaderboard in Frick's Picks. Now we're a couple of weeks out of Thanksgiving season. So I wanted to wish everybody a happy holiday season as we move into the back half of the NFL uh, the NFL season, so to speak. Uh, but for for some of those, some some of you that might be listening to the show, like myself, are are pretty avid gamers, and I'm not sure you can describe me as avid gamer uh, right now. But nevertheless, with all these different seasons going on and moving forward, can't really move on without discussing the new next gen console. Season And that's what we're going to talk about in the opening bell this week is happy next-gen console season to all of you gamers out there. And if you're not a gamer or have no idea what I'm talking about because you've been living under a rock, the Xbox Series X launched. The PS5 will be launching any day now as well. So some of you probably went ahead and pre-ordered your system. Some of you... Are, are banking on the fact that there might be systems available by uh, Black Friday, but this is a different year, and I've I've been seeing a lot of advertisements showing that well, <laughs> most stores are doing Black Friday month this year because of COVID, and well, it seems like every year Black Friday was extending to Thanksgiving Day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I digress. I am not going to get one of the new next-gen consoles, at least right now, and and I'm going to explain why. I think the idea of a new console every, I guess, what, every eight years or so is, is, I wouldn't call it despicable, because obviously with, as time goes on, you get new uh, and exciting technology, get better frame rates, you get higher powered uh, processors to be able to process video and and play games at a more efficient rate and the picture will, will, you know, improve as you go. So I guess what I'm what I'm really getting at and I also want to apologize. I'm not sure where you are 
or what kind of weather you've been receiving lately, but it's currently storming where I am recording pretty bad, and I'm not really good at audio editing, so you may hear some thunder here and there, and, and I apologize ahead of time, and hope you bear with me through this episode while I'm recording during a storm. Uh, getting back to it, you know, the next-gen consoles are retailing about $500, which, again, is on par with what every other system is is been launching for but i keep reading more and more about the idea that well for starters the games are going to be more expensive and then on on top of that the storage space that these things just gouge off of your system so i guess i'm i'm in a, in a way i'm saying i'm frustrated and that, that's one of the reasons i'm, I'm not going next gen right away uh, the last uh, new gen that came out, I, I got pretty pretty close to right away, and I got the Xbox One, the original Xbox One, not long after it launched, thanks to um, someone who is no longer uh, with me. Uh, but nevertheless, I would eventually upgrade to the Xbox One X, not to be confused with the Xbox Series X. I know it gets confusing. Um, but there was obviously a, a pretty big uptick between the Xbox 360 and the Xbox X, and I missed out on the PS3, but I, I waited for a couple of years and got my special edition gold PS4 on E3 weekend. And Nevertheless, even with these expanded internal memory systems, there, there's not a lot of space to manage multiple games at one time without having to to delete and re-download games whenever you want to play. So in that aspect, you're having to buy a new gaming system and especially when when it's becoming more convenient to purchase games digitally, they're obviously going to take more space, which means that you're going to have to invest in an external hard drive, SSD or an uh, I can't think of right off the top of the head that, uh, what the other one's called. Nevertheless, you're going to have to get an external hard drive. And an external hard drive can, with considerable size is going to run you an extra anywhere between $100 and $200 unless you get a really big one and that gets pricey. But So now you're looking at just a gaming system at $500 and a necessary expandable memory system that's going to cost you an extra 100 Let's call it 150 to, to go on the safe side. And now the system itself is, well, $650. Listen, if it's what you want to save up and spend your money on, by all means, go right ahead. But then I read somewhere today that NBA 2K, in order to run properly on the next gen console, is going to require 150 gigs of memory. Let's not get into the, the, the Call of Duty updates and how much memory they take and how long it takes to download those because of the size of those downloads. So again, new games are going to take that much memory from your console or your external hard drive, whichever you choose to save it to. And on top of it, the games are going to run roughly $10 more expensive than they have been the last couple of years. Here's where it gets frustrating to me. I can imagine paying more for games if, one, 
They didn't come out with new editions of games every year, i.e. a new Madden every season, a new NBA 2K every season, even a new WWE 2K or another WWE game that comes out. Uh, You've got different Forza Motorsports games that are essentially just updated, uh, slightly updates with graphics, with different maps and, and whatnot anyway, you know, so on and so forth. So you get what I'm trying to say. If there was a, a rarity about the game where you had to buy it and it lasts you a little while longer, I'd be willing to pay a little more for the base game. Here's the kicker, and it's something that most gamers will attest to, and if there's one big pain point among game, amongst gamers, it's, it's probably this, and that's the, uh, the lack of a complete game when you purchase a complete game. And I, what I mean by that is... is not needing downloadable content to be able to fully enjoy a game. So what does that mean for you non-gamers? It means that, well, the, back in the day when you would play a game on PlayStation 2 or N64 and it came to unlocking different maps to, to a game that you might play or unlocking new characters or unlocking new levels to play, um, you're looking at those games not being made available when you purchase the game. But if you purchase that game, for now we're looking at $60, $70 for the game. And now in order to unlock, well, everything else on the game, you got to pay an extra $25 for the downloadable content, air finger quotes. And I think, and I'm probably alone here because you're going to have those diehard gamers that are going to continue to, fork out that money for the the DLC to shorten the the term and they're going to con- continue to go further and further into the wormhole that is the the next gen consoles and the next gen games and for someone like me who seems to be getting older and not playing as many games even though I've had more free time lately it just I don't know sort of jaded me to the whole whole system Especially when you have a lot of games that are released because they want to make deadlines. And when they're released, they come complete with with glitches and uh, other issues that are, again, going to require downloadable patches to make sure that the game runs properly. And I don't don't know. It's just it's all it's all sort of a. Well, for lack of better words, it's a money grab. And I'm going to get those people who might be listening to this segment. Of course it's a money grab. Video games are a business. They're a multi-million dollar business. And millions of people all around the world play games. And all of that is, uh, all of that is fair. However, from my, my personal opinion, I'm, I'm going to hold off uh, for a little while. Maybe a year or two. I'm sure when the next uh, E3 gaming conference happens, they'll... They'll put out a special edition Xbox Series X or PS5 that is not only got more storage capacity, it's, again, as always, a slimmer console. And maybe I'll hop on board then. But until then, they're going to continue to put out games for the Xbox One X, the PlayStation 4. Maybe not so much the PlayStation 4 as the Xbox One X. We'll see. Normally, it takes about two to three years before they stop making games for previous consoles, but 
tell you what, I'm happy with, with the graphics engines that these consoles have now. And then always you've got the Nintendo Switch, which what lacks for in graphics and, and that sort of thing. Make, you make up for in quality exclusive games, which is a, another argument in and of itself between PlayStation and, and Xbox, new gen, old gen, etc. Nevertheless, I'm not going to try to discourage anybody from, from purchasing the next gen. You're going to do what you want. It's your money. Treat yourself as they would say on Parks and Rec, and if that's what you want, that's what you get. But at the end of the day, it's my podcast, and I wanted to kind of vent today because a lot of people are going to be enjoying these new gaming systems and enjoying these next-gen next gen games and, and so on and so forth. And I'm just going to sit back and enjoy my, my last-gen games that I never got to. My game backlog, probably longer than most uh, most people's game uh, library so I've, I've got some 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 game time to make up i got plenty of time to do it and i think i'm going to dive into it while everybody else is enjoying the next gen i'm going to enjoy my current gen and some of the games that i never got to beat so again happy next gen season to all of you gamers out there i'll see you in well maybe a couple years uh, coming up next, we've got the Week 10 edition of Patience Your Panic. Uh, had a little bit of a down week. We'll get to that here in a minute. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Hope you enjoyed the opening bell. Again, happy next-gen season, everybody. But we're going to jump right in to Patience or Panic for Week 10 in fantasy football. Last week, if you remember correctly, I told you I went, I had a pretty decent decent week in week from week 8 to week 9, and I jumped up to break 500 on the season. And next week, I'm going to go through all of my Patience or Panic and, and kind of give myself a, a true buffer on the guys that I was right on and the guys that I was wrong with, you know, long-term. Because a lot of these guys, have I've been coming in and giving my, my overall record. and It's been week to week, and I, I think that should be more reserved for the uh, the buys and sells segment. But nevertheless, going from, from week nine to – or from, from week nine, I sort of had a down week. and went two and three last week from a, a short-term perspective. Puts me at 17 and 18 on the season when it comes to choosing my – my players to continue to be patient with or to all out panic on. And, and again, last week was no different. I was right when I told you to panic on Hunter Henry. He had a 10-point projection and finished with 7.3, four catches for 33 yards. And I told you to panic with Amari Cooper. Now, Amari Cooper wasn't so bad. Five catches, 67 yards. Still came under projection. I give myself a lot of losses on technicalities. I'm going to give myself a win on the Amari Cooper technicality that he came in just under his projection this week. I'm still not sold on that offense, and I'm still not sold on Amari Cooper long-term, which is why I mentioned to panic on Amari Cooper. Now, I was I was wrong with a, with a few guys last week, and, and most notably I was wrong, way wrong, with quarterback Matt Ryan. 
Now, again, it could have been a one-game anomaly with the Denver Broncos, but he had three touchdowns against the Broncos and 28 fantasy points, and I told you to panic on Matt Ryan, and he seemed to shut me up at least for one week. I was wrong with Matt Ryan last week, as, as well as tight end Darren Waller. I was sort of, uh, sort of, I'm, I'm not really sure how to put it. I wasn't far off with Darren Waller, but I was off nonetheless. Um, I, let's see, what did I tell you to do with Darren Waller? I told you to be patient with Darren Waller, and I expected him to have a big game, and, well, he did put a touchdown on the board, five catches, 22 yards, only was good enough for 13.2 fantasy points, and he was projected 16.5. So, again, there's going to be more opportunities for Darren Waller. Uh, but last week, even with a touchdown, didn't put up a whole lot of points. So I was wrong with Darren Waller, as well as Adam Thielen. Ooh, I told you to be patient with Adam Thielen. And boy, did he kick me in the mouth. Almost Barely six fantasy points, two catches, 38 yards with a projected 16 points last week. Adam Thielen uh, really let some of us down, and I'm hoping that this is a short-term thing, but it looks like since Dalvin Cook's returned that, well, he's not just the, uh, the the star running back that he is, but he's taken over that total offense, sort of similar to the way Christian McCaffrey does when he's healthy for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, man, I really hope for fantasy owners uh, that Adam Thielen really starts to pick it back up. Otherwise, he's, he looks like he's going to have a really disappointing season without his former running mate, Stephon Diggs. So again, two and three last week. Hopefully I can pick that up this week in week 10. And without further ado, we're just going to get right, right into the picks for Patience or Panic in week 10. Now first up, we're going to panic on a guy who plays for a team that I have jumped back on the bandwagon for with the absence of Cam Newton. But he's had a, well, he's had sort of an up and down wishy-washy season, and that's wide receiver DJ Moore. Projected 12.4 going this week. He has had back-to-back two reception games. That's right. The past two weeks, he has had four catches. And now in this season, he has got more games with single-digit fantasy points than in double digits, and that's five to four. On the season, he's only scored three touchdowns. And in a game where Teddy Bridgewater threw 49 passes, DJ Moore had 18 receiving yards. Now, Curtis Samuel, on the other hand, is not going to be featured in the segment. Nevertheless, uh, he seems to have emerged as the number one target, the number one player, the number one receiver for that Panthers offense. He's getting involved in the run game. He's getting in the end zone. He's making big catches. Curtis Samuel seems to have taken over that job from DJ Moore, which is something I never thought I would say. And, and thus, I'm panicking if I've got DJ Moore on my fantasy team, I might be trying to ship him off. I've had someone already try to ship him off to me a few times this season. And both times I said, you know what? I'm not sold on DJ Moore, and it seems to be working out for me, not so much for them. Next player on the list is I'm going to tell you to be patient with, and that's running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, James Conner. Now, I don't understand where all the hate from, comes from with James Conner. There's a couple of Facebook fantasy football pages where every week I hear I, I seem to see somebody else say something negative about James Conner. He's useless. I need to get rid of him. Why is he even on my roster? Well, 
Last week, the entire Steelers was off. The entire Steelers offense, I should say, was off against the Cowboys, not just James Conner. Now, granted, Ben Roethlisberger was able to bring them from behind and put up 30 fantasy points, but nevertheless, uh, he still had nine carries and two catches in that win against the Cowboys last week. In all but two games, he scored double-digit fantasy points, uh, three 100-yard-plus games, five touchdowns on the season, and in all but three games, he has scored. Now, double-digit games in every game, except for his one... I'm sorry, I'm I'm messing up what I'm trying to tell you. Double-digit carries in every game except his single-digit fantasy games, which means that the volume is there. Uh, and based on the, his volume and the fact that he's been somewhat consistent, maybe he's not putting up 40 points, but he's still putting up double-digit points most of the season. He's finding the end zone. He's involved in the offense. You can't bench James Conner if you've got him on your team. Even if you've got to start him in your flex, you've got to, to continue to be patient and ride the wave of the Pittsburgh Steelers and James Conner. Next on the list, I've, I've mentioned a few times in the show in the past, but I'm panicking on tight end Noah Fant. Now, he's projected 11 points this week, but he seemed like he was going to have a really good season before he was, well, he was, he was hurt, banged up a little bit earlier in the year, but he seemed like he was going to be a top 10 fantasy tight end throughout the season. And, well, speaking of injury, aggravated that ankle injury this week. He hasn't gotten into the end zone since week two, and even though he's getting volume touches, that's three-plus receptions in every game, the backup tight end towards ACL, Albert O, uh, last week, but the injury is going to hinder, hinder his fantasy production at least for the next few weeks moving forward. On the season, he's got no, count him, zero 100-yard games. He's only got one game with more than five receptions, only two games over 50 yards, and both of those games included touchdowns. And again, he hasn't done that since week two. So again, it looked like a breakout season. A lot of people were excited that they had Noah Fant on their team, and it sort of kind of bit them down the stretch going uh, into and just past the halfway mark of the NFL season. I'm panicking on Noah Fant until further notice. Next up on the list, I'm being patient with, and that's Quarterback for the Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr. He's projected 21 points this week. I'm not sure if he gets that this week. But on the season, he's got four games with over 20 fantasy points. Uh, he's, only, he's got 16 touchdowns to seven turnovers this season, and only two of those turnovers were interceptions. The other were fumbles. Uh, but he plays Denver this week, who, when I told everybody to panic on Matt Ryan, Denver gave up 28.36 fantasy points to Matt Ryan last week. Uh, then going forward for Derek Carr, he's got Kansas City, who he put up 30 points in his first game against. Then he gets a, a relatively weak Atlanta and New York Jets defense. Sets up for a, a nice four-week window uh, for Derek Carr going forward. Now, granted, the last two weeks he's been held under 20 fantasy points, 14 and 18 respectively. But again, he's set up for a good four a good four weeks coming up. Now, hopefully that the receivers can stay healthy and Josh Jacobs can continue to producing the run game, and all that would mean success for Derek Carr moving forward. Again, if you've got Derek Carr on your team, you're probably not starting him. You may have a better option. But if you're looking for a streaming option, Derek Carr, I mean, you could do worse this coming week. Again, I saw another debate earlier this week about, well, 
you've got two on waivers, you've got this guy on waivers, you've got that guy on waivers, and everybody was trying to go with the big name, and all I could say was, you know what, I go Derek Carr. And I, again, I would go Derek Carr for the next four weeks, and I'm remaining patient with quarterback Derek Carr. Now, last up on the list is somebody who has already been on this segment in the show before, but I felt like it was it was necessary to bring him up again because of how absolutely disappointing he has been in fantasy this season considering he was last year's NFL MVP, the quarterback Lamar Jackson. He has projected 22.6 fantasy points this week. And similar to Derek Carr, he's had back-to-back games under 20 fantasy points. And he plays, unlike Derek Carr, he plays three tough defenses in the next three weeks. New England, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. Uh, Now, Pittsburgh, he had two touchdowns and four turnovers uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers in their first game. And then again, Dallas, uh, after, after these games, he gets the Dallas Cowboys, who granted Ben Roethlisberger was able to put up some big numbers to bring them from behind, still kept the Steelers in check for most of that game. Looking at an entire season uh, picture, Lamar Jackson's only got three games with 20 or more fantasy points. And if you're looking at as far as where he sits amongst fantasy quarterbacks, he's quarterback 12 in fantasy at this point in the season. So unless you're in a a 12-team league or or larger, he's a borderline not even a starting quarterback in fantasy. I know a lot of my leagues are 10-team leagues. And, again, you can can argue that 10-team leagues are for beginners, whatever the case is. I I like to have uh, smaller leagues, no more than 12, no fewer than 10, obviously. But if you're in a 10-team league and – Lamar Jackson, your starting quarterback, somebody's got a couple of starters that that are statistically better than Lamar Jackson this year. Very disappointing. This is the Lamar Jackson I was uh, starting to, or, or at least expecting to see before last season. And maybe it's a matter of teams being able to figure him out and teams being able to game plan for him better. But his passing numbers have dropped. Uh, his his running numbers are are similar. I mean, he's got he's getting yards on the ground every week, and he's able to find the end zone on his feet. But at the same time, his fantasy production just isn't there. So again, he was on the segment earlier this season, and he's on it again this season. This you know this week, Lamar Jackson. It's it's time to push the panic button, and if you can get some value for him for someone who believes that he's going to be able to pick it up, especially going into your fantasy playoffs in the next few weeks. Maybe it's the time to unload if you haven't passed your trade deadline on Lamar Jackson. That's been your panic or patience this week. Your patience or panic, if you will. Again, we're panicking on DJ Moore, Noah Fant, and Lamar Jackson. And we're staying patient with James Conner and Derek Carr. Coming up next, bullies, buys, and sells. And I mentioned in the opening bell that I've been on fire with my buys and sells. And this is what you really need to be paying attention to. I've got four players at each position, quarterback, running back, tight end, and wide receiver that you ought to be worried about sitting or starting this coming week. Last week, I had a monster week when it came to this. Again, this next segment is what you should be paying attention to. Stick around for Bullies, Buys, and Sells. Coming up next, Tap Outs and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. 
Got some bullies, buys, and sells for week 10. That's your guy, Bully Rye, here. Back at it again. And week 9, again, I, I've mentioned it a couple times on the show. I had a monster week when, I came to, when it came to tell you who to sit and start. Now on the season, making my bullies, buys, and sells. I'm 39 and 17. I've almost doubled the guys that I've told you to sit and, and start versus the, the guys that I've been wrong with. And last week was no exception. A 7-1 and one week on the first week that I decided to go one player per position to tell you who to sit and start, uh, you know, again in week nine. I told you to start Cam Newton. I was buying in on Cam Newton last week, and he didn't disappoint. He had over 275 passing yards and two rushing touchdowns on a 24.56 fantasy point game, and I was right when I told you to buy on Cam Newton. I'm most proud of this one. I told you to buy in on Terry McLaurin last week, and he really dis- didn't disappoint with a touchdown and 100 more yards, 24.5 fantasy points. I led you right with Terry McLaurin. Now, I mentioned earlier, I was I was a little off on, on one player in my uh, patience or panic. I was not far off on TJ Hawkinson, but I was right with TJ Hawkinson. He did find the end zone with 14.9 fantasy points. That was over his projection last week. Now, I'm probably not going to mention this guy in, in buys and sells going forward, but I told you to sell on Ezekiel Elliott going forward. And again, he did not disappoint with my prediction. Projected 17. He almost didn't play. Finished with 8.9 fantasy points. Tony Pollard got a lot of play in that game as well. Now, again, I was, I was really close to being off on this one. But I told you to, to sell on Ryan Tannehill, and he did come under projection. 18.6 points out of a projected 19.8. Uh, I was right with Ryan Tannehill. Told you to, pay, uh, to, to sell on T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton didn't even play. Now, I, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, T.Y. Hilton started practicing again today. However, when I told you to sell on T.Y. Hilton, Hopefully, you at least benched him if you have him on your roster, but I know when I was checking the waivers this week, he was available in at least two of my leagues. Finally, I told you to sell on Rob Gronkowski last week, and boy, was I right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were destroyed. I mean, dismantled by the New Orleans Saints in a less-than-three-point fantasy game for Tom Brady, which included 1.2 points for Rob Gronkowski out of a projected 10.7. You didn't start Rob Gronkowski last week because you listened to me. Congratulations, because I've led you the right direction. Now, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the only player I was wrong with last week. Just under projection at 12.4 points, he was projected 14.4. But he did find the end zone by way of a reception, a receiving touchdown for CEH. Now, he's on a bye this week. Hopefully that's enough to keep the job away from Le'Veon Bell for CEH. But if you were listening to me, everybody else last week, granted, CEH was still in double-digit fantasy points and found the end zone. He didn't quite hit projections last week. All right, we're going to go right into week 10 buys and sells. And again, I hope you're paying attention. If you've got these players on your roster, I hope you're listening to my buys and starting these players. If you're hearing them on my sell list, you're, you're, you're benching them. Now, some of these guys, obviously, you're, you're going to start your studs. And, you know, some of these guys might be a little more obvious, but I'm still going to pick them because, well, I think they might be projected a little low. 
So without further ado, we're going in buys. And again, we're going quarterback first. And this quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees. I just mentioned when I told you about how I led you, led you right with benching Gronk. Drew Brees dropped 30 points on the fantasy, uh, a 30 point fantasy day against the Tampa Bay team that shut down the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Green Bay Packers have had an explosive offense this season, but they couldn't do it against Tampa Bay. And, well, Drew Brees did. Drew Brees put up 30 points last week. And if we're looking towards next week, San Francisco's offense is so banged up that they can't stay on the field, which means more opportunities for Brees to sling it. With getting Michael Thomas back is, is obviously going to be a help for this offense. But again, if you're looking at Drew Brees from a points perspective, he's only got three games where he's under his current projection this season. Uh, 17 touchdowns to five turnovers on the season. And again, he's not slowing down against San Francisco. Again, it's one of those guys that if you've got Drew Brees, he's not the every week starter that he has been in, in previous years, but... If you've got Drew Brees as a backup quarterback, again, you could do worse this week. I'm starting Drew Brees if I've got him. Next up on Bully's buys is running back for the Washington football team, Antonio Gibson, projected 16.4 this week, playing the Lions, who are giving up the most fantasy points to running backs this season. Now, Antonio Gibson has found the end zone in all but three games and double-digit fantasy points in all but two games. He's clearly secured the number one role in Washington, and even with the emergence of J.D. McKissick in the past game, they're still getting, uh, still getting Antonio Gibson involved. He's got multiple receptions in most of the games this year. And again, playing a Lions defense, uh, who's giving up the most points to fantasy running backs. You also got to think about it from a perspective that, well, the Lions offense got some players banged up, and, and Kenny Galladay and... Matt Stafford's been on and off the COVID reserve list. Granted, it might really not affect his play, but it might affect their uh, focus. Again, even with a, a lofty 6.4 projected points this week, I see Antonio Gibson possibly getting in the 20s and being maybe a top 10 to top 15 play this week. You're starting Antonio Gibson if you have him this week. Coming up next on Bullies Buys, we've got wide receiver T. Higgins, and it really pains me to say this because he's a Clemson alum and a Clemson great. T. Higgins projected 13.8 fantasy points this, uh, this week. Since week two, T. Higgins has not finished a game with less than 10 fantasy points. And in that same span, no fewer than four receptions in a game. He's playing a Steelers defense in the bottom half of the league, giving up points to wide receivers. And, and against the number one defense in the NFL, T. Higgins had six receptions for 125 yards, a big day against the Indianapolis Colts. And against the tough Tennessee defense, he had six grabs for 78 yards. Means he's getting volume against quality defenses, and he's putting up numbers. And with a defense that's about middle of the pack this week in the Pittsburgh Steelers, T. Higgins is going to go over that 13.8 projection. If you've got T. Higgins, you're starting him this week. Now I'm going to go on a limb with my tight end and bullies buys this week, and I'm going to I'm going to go with a Dallas Goddard from the Philadelphia Eagles. Now it might be going on a limb because he's only projected 9.3 points. Dallas Goddard's been hurt most of the year, but then again, so has the rest of the Eagles' offense. Miles Sanders has missed time. Alshon Jeffrey has yet to see the field. 
Deshaun Jackson has been on and off uh, the field with injury and most recently recently been placed on the IR. Zach Ertz is currently on the injured reserve. So again, even though Dallas Goddard has been hurt most of the year, in the first two games before his injury, he received 12 targets. Uh, again, he was injured in week three, but in his first two games, 12 targets. Even with Zach Ertz on the field, Dallas Goddard was getting, was getting some play. He was getting, getting looks from Carson Wentz. And despite playing the number nine defense against tight ends this year in the New York Giants, which is really hard to say, uh, the opportunity is there. Last week in his return, he played in 53 snaps, but which meant that he can stay on the field. And even though he only had one target last week, should be getting more involved in the offense, showing that he was able to stay on the field post-injury last week. Again, it's not much to say that Dallas Goddard is going to finish with more than nine fantasy points, but I wouldn't be surprised, despite the Giants having a, a tough, a stingy defense against tight ends this season, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dallas Goddard falling into the end zone this week against the Giants. I'm buying in on Dallas Goddard at least for Week 10. Now, I got some, uh, some, big, some big names on Bully Sells this week. Uh, one familiar name that we'll get to here in a minute. But we're going to go ahead and start off with quarterback. And I'm, this week I'm selling on Tom Brady. Again, I've spoken about Rob Gronkowski earlier in the segment and mentioned the, the Tampa Bay Bucks when I was discussing Drew Brees' big game last week. Now, the last time Tampa played Carolina, Tom Brady only had 11 fantasy points. He's projected 22.9 this coming week. Not only did he struggle against the Panthers the first time they played, Carolina's allowing the ninth-fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Again, I mentioned it last week against the New Orleans Saints that they were looking for redemption from in the opening game loss. Tom Brady was only able, only able to put up 2.36 fantasy points, no touchdowns and three interceptions against the New Orleans Saints. Against divisional opponents being the Panthers and the Saints. Tom Brady has seven turnovers on the season, only one playing teams outside of the NFC South. On the season, he's only passed for more than 300 yards twice, and all of these signs point to another down week for Tom Brady, specifically fewer than 23 fantasy points. Again, you you might have traded away your starter and therefore are being forced to start Tom Brady this week, but if there's a better option, say a Derek Carr, I'm more comfortable starting Derek Carr this week over a Tom Brady. I'm selling on Tom Brady this week. Now, if we're looking at the running back position, this might be a name that surprises you, but it's the running back, stud running back for the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry. He is projected 16.4 points this week, but he's also playing the number two defense against the against running backs and I mentioned it when I was bragging about T. Higgins and the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Chicago Bears held him to 68 yards and no touchdowns last week, which is a rarity when it comes to Derrick Henry. Uh, in back-to-back weeks, he has no receptions, which means that he is not being involved in the pass game. Specifically, he has no game with more than three receptions, and again, means that he's not being involved in more than running the football. He has had two uh, of three games without a touchdown in which he has scored less than 10 fantasy, point, fantasy points. He has had four games with 100-plus rushing yards, but all included, oh, I'm sorry, all but one included touchdowns. Uh, 
I know this is going to sound sort of sort of funny to say when you think of Derrick Henry, because you see that you you can picture the stiff arms that he has and had in his, his in your mind. You can you can just picture the sort of bruising, just monster that Derrick Henry is. I would argue that he's somewhat touchdown dependent in order to get into into double digits. Again, out of the two or three games that he had a uh, that he didn't have a touchdown. Uh, he scored less than 10 points, meaning that, well, that one of three games, he got into the end zone uh, and and therefore had more than 10 points. I, I, I hope you're following what I'm trying to say because I don't want to ramble, but I also don't want to dwell on this fact. 16.4 is a, a little much for Derrick Henry. Again, 68 yards, 6.8 fantasy points last week because he didn't fall into the end zone. I'm selling Derrick Henry this week against the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I mentioned this guy a minute ago when I was discussing the, the Lions game this week, and that's selling wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Projected 14.4 points. Not sure he's even going to suit up, but, and this is going to sound really funny, the Washington football team is the number one defense when it comes to fantasy wide receivers this season in the NFL. Uh, he's missed three games uh, due to injury this season. Now, granted, he was injured in the Indianapolis game, so even though he suited up, he had zero catches, zero yards. Um, but he's missed He's missed the last week with, a, with an injury and didn't play much in the Indianapolis game. So, again, all signs point to, well, Kenny Galladay, 14.4 fantasy points. If he does suit up, he's banged up. A tough defense against wide receivers. Uh, I, I don't see him hitting those 14 points. Now, granted, he's had double-digit fantasy points in every game that he's played and finished this season, but I don't see it happening for Kenny Galladay this week. I am selling Kenny Galladay in Week 10. Now, finally, my tight end on the, the bully sells this week is somebody who I've had on here before, whether it be my Panic or Patience segment or my Buys and Sells, uh, but as tight end for the Baltimore Ravens, Mark Andrews. Now, there's there's some stuff here that that kind of contradicts what I'm saying, but it, it also goes to show how top heavy the league is when it comes to fantasy tight ends uh, in the NFL. Now, as far as this week goes, again, he's projected 11.1 fantasy points, but he's playing the number one defense against tight ends in fantasy this season in the New England Patriots. He's only got three games this season in double digits. And each of those games featured a touchdown. Matter of fact, the only games that he has been in double digits this year is in which Mark Andrews scored. He's only getting three receptions or game or less, except two. And again, both were those games in which he got into the end zone. So again, you think about the fact that he is touchdown dependent in order to find double digit fantasy points. A struggling quarterback that I mentioned in my patience or panic segment. An inconsistent play for Mark Andrews calls for, well, almost benching Mark Andrews going forward. And I say that to, to bring up the point that he is still the number eight fantasy tight end uh, this season. Now, that's barely number eight in fantasy points. And that includes a .3 point edge over tight end for the Green Bay Packers, Robert Tanyan. Two more points than Dalton Schultz and Evan Ingram. 
So these guys have had all, – all three of the, these guys, when we think about Robert Tynion, Dalton Schultz, and Evan Ingram, they've all had at least one, one, maybe two really good weeks at tight end. And they're still barely trailing Mark Andrews when it comes to fantasy production. Now, if you've got Mark Andrews on your fantasy roster, more than likely you're starting him because you, you drafted him relatively early to start him going forward. There's, again, not a whole lot more to discuss when it comes to high-end, tight-end fantasy production. But this week, at least for me, 11.1 fantasy points is too high for Mark Andrews. You're probably starting him, but I'm selling Mark Andrews this week. So to recap, Bullies buys this week. We're going to buy on Drew Brees, Antonio Gibson, T. Higgins, and Dallas Goddard. We're selling Tom Brady, Derrick Henry, Kenny Galladay, and Mark Andrews. Hopefully, that will help you make some decisions uh, starting your fantasy teams in Week 10. Now, stick around. Coming up next in the main event, we've got some movement amongst the Bullies Buddies leaderboard. Stick around for the main event, Frick's Picks, Week 10 in football. Coming up next on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome to the main event of the evening. Let's see if that doesn't catch on. Bully Ryan back at it with Frick's picks for week 10. And without further ado, I told you there was some movement amongst the leaderboard, and I'll get right to it. As far as the overall standings between Bully and his buddies, I myself am sitting at 26 and 9 on the season, and the buddies are sitting at 23 and 12. So just three games back as a collective buddy. Uh, buddies, so to speak, uh, going into week 10. Now, again, we had a lot of movement, especially with three new pickers last week, and, and we'll get right into it. Your host, Bully Rye, is now sitting atop the leaderboard with a 743 correct winning per- or correct pick percentage. Again, 26 and 9 on the year. And, and someone else who moved up is Alex Mims. Jumped up from the number three spot to take the number two spot, eleven and four on the season, seven thirty three correct win, uh, correct pick percentage. Your former leader, undefeated five and zero Ryan Lopino, drops two spots to the number three spot on the leaderboard this week, seven and three on the season with a that's a seven hundred or a a seventy percent correct win percentage. No change for Matt Buck, sitting number fourth in Frick's picks, 21 and 10 on the season, 677 correct uh, pick percentage. Also moving up a spot in the rankings, Derek Pauly, avid Tennessee fan, God knows why, 10 and 5 on the season. That's a, a 66.7% uh, win or correct pick percentage going this season. Now, poor Greek. Dropped a spot down to number six on the season, 16 and nine. Did not have a good week nine in picks. Puts him at 640 on the year. Also dropping a spot is uh, Chris Hall. Falls to nine and six on the season. Uh, also tied with new pickers, uh, Sam uh, Morris and Kirk, uh, both sitting 
uh, or both and made their initial picks on the season three and two. They're all sitting at 600 or 60% win percentage on the season. Unfortunately, my best friend, Aaron, uh, went two and three in his initial week in picks. Uh, 40% win percentage, two and three on the year. So if you're looking at an overall standings, you've got myself at the top of the leaderboard, followed by Alex Mims, Ryan Lapino at third, Buck fourth, and Derek Pauly at fifth. Not a lot of exciting games in college football to pick from this week, especially when you think about some of the games that have been postponed due to COVID. So without, without further ado, we're getting right into the picks. And again, not really sexy games, so to speak, to pick from. First game on the list is Vanderbilt at Kentucky. Vanderbilt struggling this year. Kentucky looked like they were going to be a force to reckon with early in the season. Uh, has kind of fallen off. Unfortunately, for well, for me, for everybody else, we're at a consensus, a 100% pick rate for Kentucky. The only people to make picks this week were Derek Pauly, Greek, Matt Buck, Kirk, and Alex Mims. And again, everyone has taken Kentucky this week. Uh, next up on the college landscape, Florida State at NC State. Now, it's almost a split. But to three to two, the bullies are going to take, or I'm sorry, the buddies are going to take Florida State since Greek, Buck, and Alex all took Florida State. While NC State goes to Derek Pauly and Kirk, uh, I am myself have chosen NC State. I still think Florida State's got some, got some, uh, some work to do. I think their win over North Carolina might have been overshadowed considering North Carolina lost to Virginia a mere two weeks later, and they're playing at NC State even without full college football crowds. I'm taking NC State to, to win against Florida State this week. So your college games, Vanderbilt and Kentucky, Florida State and NC State. Uh, consensus, everyone's taking Kentucky. The buddies are taking Florida State, while Bully takes NC State. Now, again, similar to last week, uh, we, had, we had a different game, put on the NFL list considering the Sunday night game. I didn't feel like it was going to have a lot of parity to their picks. Um, but, man, there wasn't a lot of parity to the other game I chose uh, to, to replace it. So we'll just go ahead and get into it. Thursday night game, Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. A consensus for the Buddies. The Buddies are taking the Titans at home while I myself, are, are, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts. I, I said it a lot in my Previous segments as far as how good that Indianapolis Colts defense is. I had Derrick Henry on my sell list this week. I am going all in on the Indianapolis Colts this week to upset the Tennessee Titans. Next up on the NFL landscape, the Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams. Again, a consensus with the buddies taking the Seahawks. I myself am taking the Rams. I don't know what it is. The Rams seem to show up to play teams in their division. And the fact that they're getting the Seahawks at home, I'm taking the Rams to get another upset win over the Seattle Seahawks who just put up, not a goose egg, but just put up a disappointing uh, effort against the Buffalo Bills that included uh, multiple turnovers by Russell Wilson. So while the Buddies have taken the Seahawks, I am taking the Rams this week. We might see some, uh, some, some made-up ground by the Buddies this week. Otherwise, I'm going to extend my lead on all you guys uh, to the end of the season. Finally, uh, last on the list is the Monday Night Football game 
between the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Again, surprisingly, four of the five uh, pickers this week have taken the Minnesota Vikings. That'd be Derek, uh, Greek, Buck, and Alex, while Kirk is taking the Chicago Bears. Kirk, I'm with you. Not so fast to my friends that took the Vikings. I'm also going with Chicago Bears. A tough defense. Granted, the Vikings look different with uh, returning Dalvin Cook, but they had Dalvin Cook early in the season as well, and, well, they, they blew, some, blew some games. I think the Bears have a much better defense that people are giving them credit for right now. And, again, at home on a Monday night, granted they're not going to have that full-on rabid Chicago fan base, I'm still taking the Bears to knock off the Vikings. And I wouldn't call it an upset because, if I'm not mistaken, the Bears have a better record. Granted, they seem to be struggling on offense, but nevertheless, it's a Bears team with a solid defense against a, a Minnesota Vikings team that tends to struggle in, in primetime games. So again, the NFL games on the slate, Colts at Titans. Bully goes for the Colts, so the Buddies take the Titans. Uh, the Seahawks at Rams. The Buddies have taken the Seahawks, and the Bully has taken the Rams. And uh, We're looking at the Monday Night Football game. The Vikings uh, at the Bears. The Buddies have taken the Vikings, and Bully has taken the Bears. So again, uh, not really exciting games to look watch for in college this week, and I mean some intriguing matchups in the NFL. Nothing, nothing that kind of jumps out at you on paper. Uh, but nevertheless, if you're a really diehard football fan like me, football that's on TV, you're going to watch. So I hope you've all enjoyed the latest episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. Again, no pro wrestling talk. I did happen to catch. Uh, some of Monday Night Raw this past week, some some again some intriguing stuff. Uh, so maybe we'll get into some pro wrestling next week. I know I keep promising you pro wrestling talk, and I'd love to hear if there's something you want me to talk about. Reach out to me on social media again at Tapouts and TDs on Twitter. Email the show Tapouts and Touchdowns at Gmail dot com. If there's something you want me to catch and and watch, then uh, then then I'll talk about it on the show. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to pull something out of a hat, and uh, that might not be something that, that you might want to listen to or hear about from little old me. So, again, I hope you've all enjoyed the latest episode. Uh, stay tuned next week when we have some more fantasy football talk, maybe some pro wrestling talk. You'll have to just tune in to find out. So, for Anchor, for myself, Bully Rye, this has been Tap Outs and Touchdowns, and never forget, hashtag ELE. Everybody love everybody.